you were one of the co-founders, right? You saw something, either an opportunity that you thought um, you could do something with, or there maybe there was a problem that really bugged you. Like, what was it that said that made you say, I'm willing to commit a lot of energy, time and years of my life to go after this? Like, what was it uh, in those early days? Well, actually, there were like two dimensions that I just matched and merged uh, together. Uh, one was the the desire to do something by myself, by you know something worthy at business level and related to innovation uh, as well. And I found the best uh, travel mate for for this journey, which was Alberto Acedo. So that's how we decided well to start our first company. And the reason because. Uh, we started biomakers specifically because we are originally from Spain. Uh, we come from the northwest of Spain. It's called the Spanish Midwest, just for you to know which kind of crops are the most predominant in that area. So corn, sugar beets are the main crops in, in the area. And uh, from time to time, we were not able to drink the tap water because of a lot of chemicals. And instead of just blaming farmers and the agriculture, we realized that Probably there was something missing and we could provide some value. And what we, we realized it was missing, it was uh, reliable bioindicators, biomarkers for, for agriculture. And that's how we started to explore new uh, dimensions, no, uh, possibilities of applying uh, technologies to really provide these insights to, to agriculture. And that was the, the conception of biomakers. That's how we started. The story can be much longer, but just in a nutshell, uh, that's that's the reality. Yeah, that's the start anyway. So fast forward through a lot of uh, effort and years, uh, when you meet somebody who's maybe not in the industry, how do you explain biomakers to to them? Well, in essence, what we say is we connect uh, soil to digital systems and we connect humans to the soil life both ways. So that's how we, we explain what we do. Uh, going a little bit more in details, uh, if we want to explain really in one sentence, it's advanced biological analytical uh, soil tests and uh, analytics uh, for soil, for agriculture. And uh, then when you start you know, going a little deeper on what it goes or it, make, it means, sorry, uh, actually, it's uh, first we digitalize the biology of the soil, and then we start applying advanced computing to understand the impact of these microbes uh, for plant growth. Meaning, what are the different uh, functionalities that the microbes are delivering to to the plant or threatening to to the plant, and also understanding the ecological relationships of this community, and all of this in a digital context. That's great. So what has uh, been some of the I don't know, obstacles that you have overcome to date that you look back and say, oh, I'm so glad we don't have to deal with that anymore or that we got past that hump? Like, What were some of those difficulties that you ran into in the early days that you feel like you're now past? There are, uh, again, two levels of difficulties. No? On one hand, as entrepreneurs, when you want to build a company, you face probably the same difficulties than other entrepreneurs, but specifically or our uh, business opportunity, there were um, technical difficulties that were extremely important. We didn't have any reference, any point to start from. So we have to start from building that specific reference to start understanding what is the, well, the, the normal status of a soil at biological level, no? what is a normal functionality 
crop by crop, uh, region by region. So that's one of the things we started to do seven years ago, creating this database, this reference. And right now we can say, proudly say, that we have the largest da uh, database in the world for soil, biological soil profiles of, of farm soils, arable soils. And that was like the first. The second one is a market mm, difficulty. Now, this is a completely new dimension. So people, especially agronomists, the professionals, the doctors of, of agriculture, they, they didn't have much knowledge about, about this dimension. So we have to, well, first, you know, make them feel comfortable by facing this new dimension because many of them were like, hey, I don't know anything. So that's a threat itself, right? So help, working with them, helping them to understand and actionate the different results that's another difficulty because at the end of the day, this is completely new uh, from the market point of view. Nobody was asking for advanced biological tests, not for their fields, but because they, it was not possible before. But now, because the technology was ready and because we put everything together, adjusted, and, and then they create this amazing service, this amazing micro platform. This is the name of the technology. Well, uh, now it's possible, but you know creating that early traction by identifying the, the most innovative companies that are really eager and hungry to test and experience these new dimensions. Uh, that was very difficult. The good thing is that we found nice people helping us all along the journey, all along the way, mentors, uh, advisors, friends, and collaborators as well. So all the industry were connecting us to different players that at the end of the day well took us to build the reference create their lead traction and start educating agronomists yeah everybody wants to be a first mover but being a first mover isn't always easy right whenever you're trying to pioneer or spearhead uh, a category what how did you in the early days and maybe still today how do you how do you identify someone who you think will be um sort of excited by this solution, uh, open to new possibilities, open to new ways of kind of doing what they do. And what do those conversations look like? What, what are some of the maybe value props you might lead with uh, when speaking with them? Well, if being a first mover might look difficult, but at the end, uh, but it's also very exciting. I yeah. have to say the reality. <laughs> if you like uh, challenges, that's what you like. And it's not easy for sure. It's like climbing a, a really high mountain or a really uh, technical mountain. It's not easy. But it's what you are really preparing yourself to, to face and to, to achieve. So uh, answering your question, I will say that we've been extremely lucky to uh, connect to some players, in not just in agriculture, but in the biotech world, startup world, that I knew somebody who were not actively involved in agriculture, but helping other players. For instance, we started in one specific crop, which was vineyard, so wine industry, and uh, Illumina, who, well, we were also lucky. At the end, it's coincidence, no? Uh, casual. That happens, and you are not expecting that uh, all the energy no, align and uh, your mentors start to well trust you and you identify these people so illumina the largest genetic company in the world was the the first company really trusting this idea and supporting us and um, illumina connected us to the silicon valley bank 
And it happens that one of the divisions of the Silicon Valley Bank is, is wine, wine industry. So they already knew which wineries were open or mm, you know, more uh, eager to, to help and to accept these kind of uh, experiments. So that was the beginning. And from there, you know, you just start creating traction, talk to everybody and think that uh, collaboration is important. We come from the open innovation school. We love it. We embrace it. And we know that if we want to change something, we can be the trigger, but we cannot do it alone. It has to be a collaborative before. And that's the reason because the crowdfunding, crowd knowledge and all these uh, movements are working so well. Do you still feel like you're, do you feel like you're still speaking with early adopters or are you starting to move into kind of the early mainstream at this point? Like, where do you think you're at in that journey? I think we are just uh, at the beginning of the majority. The, mm -hmm. I would say every majority is already in progress. Uh, what we see is the moment to start scalability. In 2022 has been the year to identify the different triggers to actionate the scalability of the growth. And we can probably say that we have doubled our revenues, our activity. And we really believe that uh, for the coming years, this is going to keep increasing. That's great. You, you talked about the, data, the database, right? You have this, this uh, resource that others don't have. What does that allow you to do? What, what is the power of that data allow you to do that others aren't able to do right now? Well, uh, many, if, you, if you think about the bioindicator that we use, which is the community of microbes, uh, profiling microbes, I would say it's not difficult. Actually, it's difficult, but uh, uh, many, there are many people who can do that. So we're not just a, let's say, sequencing service because we do it by looking at the DNA of the microbes. So we can deliver full profiles of bacteria and fungal species, which at the end of the day are the ones uh, that are really relevant. So uh, if we deliver just uh, which microbes are in the soil, the value for the farmer is very little because you can imagine a profile of 1,200 different microbes. Uh, well, then you have to really analyze uh, each one of them and the impact, and still you will not get the whole picture. So uh, having this reference uh, help us to really make comparison and then adding these uh, unique features that we manage at Biomakers, this functionality and the ecological relationships that we measure through the network help us to understand what is a normal or an exceptional situation, what is really high or really low. We should forget about what is good or bad because in the soil, depending on what is your goal, what is the question, what is uh, well, what you are growing there, a certain situation could be very positive or could be very negative for another crop different. So that's the reason because we just provide uh, insights on what is the most frequent, what is normal on, and then compare to the, what normal rates of, of the yield no, that the people get in the field and what is uh, unique. No? And uh, having this reference uh, give us this, this possibility, and that was the beginning. What we're exploring right now is uh, how to apply even more advanced computing, no, artificial intelligence, to start building predictions on everything that is happening in the soil and being able to even uh, define what could be the right application of the right solution fitting or matching that specific soil profile that we see at functional level always 
and also uh, on the other way around, not just for applications, but uh, understanding, well, if this is the average biological uh, status that we see in this region, and these are the risks, and these are the trends, and so on, well, uh, perhaps how you can improve a regional level, a large level, the, the biological status, these indicators, uh, is easier because those predictions. So, yeah. Within the industry, within the industry, I'm sure you, you're talking with people who have a great appreciation for the work that you're doing, fully understand the implications. But outside the industry, I would imagine you still run into people who think soil is soil, and they have no idea uh, how intricate it can be. Is it? Do you, are you still running into people who have that misperception? Well, there are some metrics that, in the moment, uh, people underestimate the value of the soil. You start just throwing this this data, not this this data point. So, if we say that uh, ninety five percent of our food comes directly or indirectly from the soil, that's a lot. So, the soil starts to be very important. And then, if we say that we've lost one third of the arable soil globally in just forty years. And building a soil takes thousands of years. Then people start understanding. Well, perhaps this is a little more important. But yeah, uh, when we explain the business model, especially to families and so on, no, what do we do? They they see the recognition, they see the traction, they see that we are growing. I mean, we are right now eighty people in the company, which uh, four years ago we were. No, say, well, at the beginning we were two. Four years ago we were 15. So you can see the, the growth of uh, and the evolution of the company. And people see this. And it's like, how is it possible that a company working on delivering analytics on soil uh, is growing so much? So for them it's like, yeah, but it's because we have the conception of the traditional soil testing labs, let's say, no, which is a very defined technique, is very well, well developed and established. And this is completely new dimension, mixing biotech with IT. So that's like, okay, no? And then applying to agriculture. Actually, uh, when we started with this, we came to California because we know this was the right place to start. Not uh, many investors, uh, not even the industry, not the, the agriculture, uh, was ready to, to accept this or to bet on, on this concept. Uh, but here in, in the Bay Area, that's that's great because people is really looking ahead on, on the frontier of the knowledge, on the applications, and on the huge business opportunities. So that's the reason because we decided to come here. Yeah, and I'm sure whenever you started with those conversations, you probably talked... I mean, a little bit about your background and the problem you talked about, you know, drinking water was a problem, um, but you're probably telling them about a vision of, hey, if we can do this, I, I picture a day where this would be possible. What is that vision that you paint for people whenever you're in a conversation with somebody who's going to make a bet on you? For, for us, uh, the first company that Alberto and me built was a genetic diagnostic center focused in hereditary diseases, human health. So the 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 use, no, the, the goal of this company was really move ahead on uh, personalized medicine. So bringing personalized agriculture approach, that would be amazing. So imagine digital system will help farmers and agronomists to really decide what is the best way to preserve the life of the soil, the natural fertility of the soil, and to boost all these natural processes that have been there 
helping and supporting and benefiting us for a really long time, but we haven't been able to really actionate or utilize those processes in a you know a voluntary way. You no, know? we were playing the rules because whenever you throw something to the soil, the soil will do the job, you no, know, and decompose it and then turn those whatever you throw into different nutrients or molecules or whatever, enzymes, everything, no? But now we have the capability to really see and then uh, see, measure and then use, no? And this is the vision, no? Let's be sure we preserve the life of the soil, we restore, we regenerate. No? Now that uh, regenerative agriculture is a, a great concept because that makes a lot of sense. That's what we need. Now we regenerate, the, regenerate the, the life of the soil, the natural fertility of the soil. And people really like this because we need that in a planet where a growing population with a really high yields of uh, crop productivity, there is only one way we can keep that level of food supply because it's possible to increase it. Perhaps we'll have to work a little bit more on, on the waste, no food waste. That's a different dimension. But when it comes to supply uh, food through the different crops, well, probably soil biology is going to be crucial. Yeah, that makes sense. You talked about how you started as two and now you're 80 plus. What's been the most rewarding aspect of the journey so far? Rewarding, seeing that, <laughs> experiencing that. Uh, having a team, working in a team is challenging, I have to say. No, sorry. Building teams is extremely challenging. But once you have a team that, and you see that they are taking full ownership on uh, their responsibilities and they are really bringing excellence to that specific uh, dimension, because at the beginning, well, we're entrepreneurs, we did everything, no? but they, with certain level of um, excellence because you cannot cover everything but now that we have a dedicated marketing team we see how they are analyzing doing and you know hey, that's that's completely different so bringing this to the next level for us is is a great experience and uh, we're not finished yet no the the journey is still on uh, but what we see when we look backwards it's it's a great satisfaction that's awesome just to make sure I'm up to speed on this. So as an example, Pivot Bio is our client, um, right? So they're nitrogen producing microbe specifically for corn. What you're saying is that you could play a role in that um, because you're able to see what is the actual effects and compare that to uh, your database where it's analyzed all these other situations. And you're saying that there's investors who are very interested in these inputs, but they should also be interested in someone like your team because there's a unbiased third party with a huge database of uh, kind of awareness of what this does. And so or, it's or part of the think about, ecosystem. Think about the benchmark of people bio, no? how they are positioning their solutions. By the way, they are our clients as well. So oh, that's perfect. <laughs> we work with them. And um, uh, when they go to the market, uh, they face other solutions that probably are not as good as their solution, but uh, there is no way to differentiate that solution in the field. So the reason because we are working with them or they are working with us better is because they want to really know uh, what their solutions are doing so they can build functional claims that have been validated by the other company, and the, in this case is us, and then also to help them to for pro uh, product development, sorry, product development, and also a target market strategy. 
Now, if you know that this solution does whatever, uh, and in this area does the need, you know that the solution is likely going to work better than this other. So you focus to sell your solution there. This is yeah. this is how we're doing it. And if they were able to use our results for registration purposes, and this is something we're talking to different bodies, then it would be even better. That's great. Are you sought out by partners um, like those who are wanting to say like, hey, we need someone who's not only going to help validate what we've got, but we want you as an innovation partner for new releases? Is that is that frequent or is it just on kind of occasionally you have partnerships like that? Not frequent. Uh, what is frequent is that we work with retailers, also large retailers, uh, for them to pick the right biologicals for their portfolio. Or once they have picked the biological, to really understand how to sell it better. This is more That's frequent. Great. That's great. And I'm guessing that you're probably the, the main player in town if that's what they're looking for, right? If they're really trying to customize uh, their offerings, you're the one who can provide it, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, what you mentioned about First Mover, uh, there are other companies that uh, are in the same or with the same approach. But uh, yeah, I will say we have the best position because we've been very serious on validating, working with academia, you know, like showing that what we, de- we do is not just something we guess, it's something that is the best it can be done at this stage. And this is just keep evolving and keep improving with the time. What do you hear from the retailers when they give you feedback on, uh, on the partnership and what you're bringing to the table? Do you, are you getting positive feedback from them? Mm-hmm. Uh, we see two kinds of retailers, the ones that already anticipate what is happening in the market, so the biological trend, no, and also because they make more money by selling a biological than a traditional fertilizer, and then the ones that just refuse. No, I do money just selling chemical, uh, agrochemicals, which we are not against agrochemicals. What we are against is over. I don't, over how you say this over using over a, the, the dose not that you put in the field so you pass you apply over apply uh, fertilizers it, it doesn't make any sense i mean if you don't have the right uh, setup at biological level that uh, fertilizer is going to sink into the water at the end of the day right so what you want is to apply the fertilizer that you need and to have the right biology to really make the nutrient available for the plant so some retailers still are not there no they are still in the same like traditional fertilizer business and they refuse to make the movement to or to integrate new solutions this is going to happen with the time because all of them are going to be forced and then the ones that are already moving in that direction and facilitating that this transition is happening and it's happening in the right way um, we don't see any negative reaction from those ones the, the only limitation barrier is the knowledge because it's a tool that they still don't know. I mean, you see that you have a blog on nutrient and um, uh, mobilization on that specific pathway. You go a little bit deeper and you see specifically why this is happening. They still don't know what to do. And it's normal because the solutions that are currently in the market don't match that kind of functional approach. I'm guessing every once in a while you do run into an agronomist or an advisor who loves it and and is like oh this is like a power tool this is like new information i mean what 
what are those folks like whenever they are like power users uh, of the information you provide? Uh, we have this program called uh, BCAs, so Biological Certified Advisors. We give them, we open all the knowledge that we have to them, and they learn and they become experts on soil biology. That's in essence. And it's curious that the, the ones we have most interaction, they hate us because anytime they dive into their results, they realize that they know very little, no? but they love it. And so if, you, if they have this attitude of learning, growing, you know, becoming better, then it's extremely easy. And then you have, the, again, the opposite one, no? the ones that, they, well, they just come here, see what is the result and say, I don't know what to do. I can, this is not useful. And it's like, well, there is two answers there, uh, no? uh, or two reactions. We don't know what to do. That's real because probably there is not enough knowledge, but we already have some clues how to move ahead. No? Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun, but uh, the, the community is moving in this direction, creating this conversation. So again, what I was referring before about the scalability, this is the moment where eventually everybody will embrace it and then will be extremely successful uh, or even more successful than we are. Or as it happens in agriculture, it will be progressively happening. And at a certain point, uh, keep in mind, we are a global company. We have operations in 40 different countries. So, yeah, uh, it may happen in U.S., but uh, then actually it's curious. Uh, South America, Latin America, it's adopting this kind of analytics at a higher speed than the U.S., for instance. Europe is a little behind there. I don't know if this is relevant. Uh, all of them are moving in this direction, but if you see the growth the speed, uh, then there are some differences. And uh, what we see is that Latin America, they have a lot of magnification in their decisions because mainly they are exporters of food. And they export to Europe, to U.S., and the regulations uh, here in, this, in these areas are higher. So they, they are sure they deliver the best they can and they also advertise it in the right way because otherwise, yeah, imagine a limitation in bananas, for instance, that uh, might impact the, the, the exportation activity will have a high impact on them. I was going to ask if there are regionally uh, people who are more progressive or adopting it faster and you're saying it's South America and it sounds like you're saying it's because the sort of standard for export to the different markets that they're taking it to requires it and so they're using this tool to the fullest extent um, to make sure they meet that is that is that pretty much yeah. it or is there do you think there's other things at play well uh, in, in the case of Latin America I will say that's because we're working mainly with the uh, coffee cacao bananas or tropical crops that at the end of the day are mainly for exporting uh, palm and so on um, I, that said I will say in US regenerative farmers or agronomists so everybody who is really actively looking and uh, thinking about implementing regenerative agriculture they're the ones that are are uh, moving faster than than the rest. No? Uh, conventional farmers also, but with a different approach because they want to really see the, the validation of the biological solutions because they know that they should boost the soil biology in order to keep or increase their current yields, which are good but could be higher. I mean, if you think about soybeans, for instance, and what is the expectation uh, it was really interesting to see a farmer and in the worst 
year, they were like 80% far from their goal in the worst year of uh, climatic conditions, which means like probably the goal is not properly adjusted, right? <laughs> yeah. It, earlier, you were talking about how some people kind of reject uh, the learnings because it's not the way they've always done things. And they're probably have a lot of pride in what they've learned to date. I feel like Every, every industry that's bringing more data and analytics into play into what has been a traditionally kind of man-made intuition-based industry is dealing with this. We see it in sports. We see it in marketing. I mean, in our world, you know, we'll say, hey, here's two ads, which was going to perform. Well, in the past, you didn't know, you didn't have A-B testing to find out. But I find that I'm wrong all the time with this stuff. And you, and it doesn't make sense. You're like, hey, I've been doing this for a long time. How come I'm wrong on this? But I think it's humbling whenever you accept it and realize this is why we test. And now it's not about being right intuitively. It's about setting up learning activities and trying to unlearn and realize we don't know everything. And this is wildly complex, right? And it's okay because we keep learning in life. I probably know we become wiser every day. And if somebody is telling you, well, there is another better way to do this that you're, so your assumptions start to change, no? And it, it's curious that uh, in agriculture, everybody says that this really blow, blows mind. Well, it's far, uh, that's far from reality. People is really open mind and probably is the, the same trend all across humanity, you know, where uh, getting really used to consume data in different ways. So in ag agriculture, is not an exception. They generate huge amount of data and they process huge amount of data. What a... Uh, I'm, we're trying to be very careful is to deliver not just more data because data, but uh, to deliver data that are valuable and aggregated uh, as possible. So trying to minimize the amount, but uh, increase the, the quality that allows people to make the right decision, to realize about exactly what you say. It's not about what's next. It probably is by realize what you have done and then you start thinking about what's next. So sometimes the data does not uh, open all the possibilities, but it start, you know, creating a path to to improve.